Welcome to the Conscious King Podcast with Miss LX. Let's jump into today's episode. I think unless someone wants to jump in after this, I think this is going to be our last question of the evening. Coming in from Rex Sub and his lovely wife, oh gosh, Jane. Did I remember correctly? That's right. Oh, fuck a duck. Thank goodness. Okay, Jane, Miss Jane, how can I help you, my dear? Well, my husband has been serving as my maid several shifts a week and does an excellent job cleaning and straightening and doing various maintenance tasks. And we just want to make sure that this, you know, servant relationship continues to to go well and be interesting for a long, long time. And usually he comes up with the main ideas and I implement them or, you know, like riff on them and then implement them. Mm -hmm. And so we just wanted some fresh ideas for how to keep evolving this servant relationship and especially to accentuate my natural, or just kind of accentuate my authentic power. Yeah, yeah, that's wonderful. So tell me, what uh, are you enjoying? You know, when you said Jane, I just want to call you Lady Jane for some reason. Am I allowed sure. to do that? Sure. <laughs> yes, you may. I, I love that. It's just rolling off my tongue so nice right now. Okay, so Lady Jane. Let me let me ask you this. What are some of your right? It is so pretty. Thank you, Ember, for the validation. So, Lady Jane, what what are some of your favorite things about what's going on right now in your dynamic? I like when humorous because seeing a man dressed in feminine clothes is funny to me. I like the work that's getting done. Um, I like the fact that it's when he's in woman mode as a maid, I'm not responsible for his sexual satisfaction. That that can come at a different time of day. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Um... Well, my mind is already going just off of these three things that you gave me. So this is wonderful. Um, so let me pivot. Are you allowing, are you allowing your submissive to, to talk as well this evening? Sure. Okay. So let me ask uh, your submissive here then. Rex, what are some of your favorite things about what's going on right now? Well, it seems like instead of being just a hot scene, it's like really pretty authentic DS because she likes having that power. Okay. Okay. Anything else that is just tickling your fancy? Well, she's, she's willing to enforce things with things like canes. Okay. <laughs> instead of it just being, again, like a scene, it's... Um, Kind of more real or something. I don't know. All right. Okay. Excellent. So do you all have um, rules? Do you all have rules and rituals and protocols already established in your dynamic right now? Uh, with respect to maid work, yes. Okay. Now, are you... Some. Okay. 
are you wanting to keep this uh this play strictly in the made play feminization arena during these designated times? If I understand what you're saying, when he's a maid, is he just a maid? Or well, well more of my question is do you want so you said i don't remember exactly how you phrased it but you said that he's been working um a few shifts as your maid do right. you do you want any play or kink or power gap outside of the times where he is on his maid shifts yes and that already existed okay pre-made okay for, <laughs> for the maid. okay okay so this is really about maximizing the the time where we're doing made play and feminization specifically. Yes. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> so it sounds to me like um a few of the big kinks that I'm pulling out here would be maybe some humiliation play. Mm -hmm. um impact play obviously mm -hmm. you said feminization um domestic service is a big one for you uh rex when you said authentic ds versus just like a hot scene what what is it that feels authentic the most authentic for you Um, let's see. I, it's just that she, it's because she gets something that she enjoys and something that she values and something that she thinks is funny and it involves real power. It just seems like instead of negotiating a scene and doing it, we're kind of just onto a track where, you know, she really wants to keep doing this. Okay. And I'm interested in being creative and experimenting a lot. That's where she might, I wonder if she could take a little more control because, you know, she might say, well, it's, it's going great from, from my perspective. <laughs> okay. Lots of work is getting done. Whereas I get all kinds of crazy, kinky ideas all the time. So. Okay. Okay. So. so part of, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't necessarily feel like that is a, bad system i do want to kind of lean into it though and ask you guys some questions so is is this at this point lady jane do you not prefer your submissive to initiate the ideas or is that something that you actually enjoy you enjoy his creative brain and you like that he comes up with these ideas yeah i like the ideas because then i I have a menu to choose from, all of which I know will make him happy. Okay. Okay. And then I can be creative with how I do something. Okay. Is that a system that feels really good for you as the dominant? Yeah, I guess maybe I could reframe it as that is a service to me to come up with ideas that I get to implement, which makes my life easier. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So, so if it, and, and that's the thing I, I run into a lot with the couples uh, whom I work with. It's just like they they feel this pressure to kind of do things 
in a certain way or, or by the book or according to, you know, certain guidelines in some community or something. And really, that's why I look at this so, so differently is this is about your relationship first. This is about the two of you as partners first. So if it's not broke, don't fix it. And if you, Lady Jane, is the dominant, you naturally just, you know, you like that his brain works that way. Rex, your brain naturally works that way. You're not having to push for these creative ideas. You're just, you're just free to, you know, receive them yeah. when they come to you. Yeah. Then perhaps that very system is an opportunity to increase some play and some power gap. So I would say let's start there. If we're looking at that system in of itself, how could you, Lady Jane, structure that process of Rex coming up with ideas and then bringing them to you for your amendments or collaboration or approval or denial, etc.? That's a good idea. I could make him write all of his ideas on one page in perfect cursive handwriting and every idea would have to be something that he thinks would appeal to me get and it. get it he yeah <laughs> see there you go you're already those those creative juices are already flowing that's perfect and and to that you know one of the things that rex said was um one of the reasons that he feels, and correct me if I'm wrong, Rex, uh, that you feel this is more authentic DS is that uh, she enforces the rules and she does so with the cane and with some impact play. So perhaps if we really want to, you know, increase our humor here, Lady Jane, if we really want to increase some humiliation degradation, then we're going to feminize him. We're going to give him a pretty, pretty princess pen to write with and with a big flower on the top of it. And he has to sit in a tiny little school chair and write these and write these ideas for you. And afterwards, you can, you know, evaluate his cursive. And if you don't think that it's pretty enough, then maybe you smack his knuckles with a ruler. I don't know. You're the dom here, but do you see how in one thing you can maximize your power, your voice, the space you're taking up, the creativity? You picking up what I'm throwing down? Yeah, that's good. That's a good idea. Awesome. Awesome. So um, let's see. You said another thing that you like when he's in woman mode is there's no focus on his sexual pleasure. I'm assuming, but correct me if I'm wrong, we've got some chastity play going on. That's right. Okay. Good. Okay. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so you also have opportunities around that, you know, if, and I'm sure you're already doing this, but one of the things that he said was authentic DS versus a hot scene. So that tells me that Rex likes the consistency. Rex likes that it feels authentic, the consistency feels authentic, and he likes consistent reinforcement of rules, rituals, boundaries, etc. So if that's part of the appeal to him, 
then use the chastity as part of a reward system or structure. Use that to either extend time in chastity, withhold pleasure, give pleasure, all of, you know, all of those things. Um, let me take a moment and read some comments. I don't want to miss out on anyone. This reminds me of middle school. I wasn't written well. Got paper torn up. There you go. Tear up that paper. Make him write it again. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So really, and this, this is really the advice that I give to all of the dominants that I work with. The more you can slow down and just be present in your world and observe what's going on, the more ideas will come to you. It's, it's when we get locked into this go, 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 maintaining the dynamic. I don't have time to myself. I don't have time to think or rest or stop or process or be present and actually observe. That's when it really becomes troublesome to generate, excuse me, to generate some of these ideas. But if you just slow down and you allow yourself that slower pace and you allow yourself just the pleasure of observing and being present, just like we did tonight, then these creative ideas are naturally going to just start flowing more freely. But again, I would just encourage you both, if, if that's the system that currently works, that you know, Rex has a great creative brain and you really enjoy that about him, that's an act of service that he can extend to you as your dominant. So lean into that. Um, and I think the ideas that you came up with about how to maneuver that in your dynamic. I think that's beautiful. I think that's great. Um, and then, you know, look for, Jane, this, is, this one is for you specifically. Look for, because you said you like the work that's getting done. So look for other ways that he can take things off of your plate. Mm. look for those opportunities like i mean do you need do you need a special dress for a dinner on friday okay then he needs to make sure that dress is ironed and pressed and and your shoes are picked out and everything you know looks great and ready to go like look for opportunities for you to step back And delegate, 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 delegate. And since feminization is such a joy for you, you find such pleasure in it as well. Maybe both of you in a, in a little bit different ways. But since it's, it's enjoyed by both of you, then perhaps, Lady Jane, you could also add in some tasks or assignments or points of training around feminization. So, for instance, um, and this is something that I, I talked about in my last uh, video about Femdom, but let's say you have a fabulous collection of corsets. Well, Rex needs to know how to tie those. Mm -hmm. He needs to know because it, it's very specific and he needs to know how to lace them up and how to tie them appropriately. And that same knowledge can then extend to Rex's feminization mm -hmm. as 
No, you know how to go tie the corset. You go put yourself in a corset and I will inspect you. So do you ever run into a problem where you delegate, 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 and then suddenly you cross a line where you've asked too much and you've, you know, like, you just pushed too far? Yeah, that's a good question. That's a good question. Um, I don't think that the realization should be a suddenly realization. And I'm not trying to nitpick your words. I'm trying to state that I think the submissive <laughs> they're their own person. And mm -hmm. if at any point the submissive feels overwhelmed or bogged down by the expectations that are being put onto them by their dominant, it is the submissive's responsibility to call that safe word and to say, hey, I, I need to renegotiate with you. I'm feeling a little overloaded. Could we do that? Good. Yes. Thank you. Yes, that is absolutely the submissive's responsibility. So I'm going to just speak to that right now. You are not too much. You are not going to be a burden or burden him. It is his responsibility as an autonomous human being and as your submissive with consent to advocate for his own boundaries. And it is not your responsibility to read his mind or to predict when you will cross a line. It is his responsibility to communicate to you when you have crossed a line, if and when that happens. So do you find that the sub normally wants you to push to the boundary and test the boundary? <laughs> yeah, a lot of times, especially, especially in female-led dynamics. What I found is the submissive males really want a heavy, heavy hand a very large power gap and a lot of consistency in both because what i found is the masculine experience for a lot of men is very stifling and can be very toxic and a man being able to tap into a more feminine side of himself or a softer side of himself can bring a lot of freedom but there's often this deep um, vulnerability that can be uncomfortable if that man doesn't feel like you have the hands strong enough to maintain that. Yeah. So it's kind of like they worry that they shouldn't be wanting to do this. So they want to be made to do it sort of. Yeah, almost. It, it's kind of like, I don't want to ask for it, but if someone tells me to do it, it kind of circumvents the shame um, and a lot yeah. of that is vanilla conditioning that can be and should be trained out over time. But mm -hmm. I would say for your own peace of mind, the complaints that I've gotten from male submissives who have brought their female dominance to me for my help, the complaint across the board has been not enough dominance. I have never... <laughs> never one time ever had a had a submissive male especially a submissive male come to me saying my wife is just too dominant can you get her to chill the fuck out not once <laughs> that's funny never <laughs> never so if you're feeling that maybe some hesitation or whatnot that could be some 
residual vanilla conditioning, I would say lean into it because that's what he's wanting to see. He's wanting to see you fully embrace your power and fully take up that territory without apology because it's going to do to him what we were talking about with pal in the last in the last episode was when pal was talking about struggling talking to women and we we're going hey you have to have a certain level of confidence or else they're going to start absorbing your insecurity energetically the same thing applies if if that submissive male is craving that large power gap but you're going ooh was I too much? Was I too heavy handed? Was I too dominant? They're going to see you second guess. And that power gap is going to, it's going to totally diminish. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Thank you for that. Yes. Yes. So what you're actually, what he's looking for is what you're scared of being too much. Interesting. Thank you very much. Is that Rex, am I wrong? <laughs> I'm not 100% sure about all of that. but uh, <laughs> Well, one thing that's interesting is my responsibility for boundaries. I think that's an area um, that wasn't modeled well to me when I was young. And, mm. you know, I read a little bit about attachment styles probably because of you. And I think I need to learn more about, um, you know not getting emotional, not expecting someone to read my mind, but sticking up for clear boundaries. Yeah. And you know what? I would write this one down, Lady Jane, because your submissive is expressing a really beautiful opportunity for submissive training where he's communicating, hey, I could use some help in this area. So this could be a new a new point of uh, punishment, a rule system that you set up, Lady Jane, where it could be you helping Rex be a little bit more present and mindful with him, with his emotions and his own body. Maybe get him a feelings will pillow, right? Whatever you feel would be the most helpful. But whatever you establish as that system of training, then you can correct it. Then you can punish it. So, for instance, um, Rex, if I if I'm just kind of projecting myself into this situation here, I would establish um i would establish some sort of rule with rex here that would be about it would be about communication and and it would be about when he gets fussy about something so me as the dominant i i'm i'm reading my submissive and i you're very smart lady jane you're very aware i can tell you can tell can you not when Rex is getting a little huffy, puffy, fussy about something. Can you tell? Sometimes it's fake and sometimes it's real. Sometimes um, it's fake and some, oh shit. Okay. Well, that's another area. <laughs> that's another great area of submissive training. You need to be clear when his emotions are real and when he's feigning. Mm -hmm. And that, that line needs to be established. So maybe, um, Maybe you need to discuss a cue word or a cue phrase or some sort of even safe word on your end, Lady Jane, where if you are unsure what's real or not, you call that word to cue him. Hey, whoa, pause. I need to know if this is real or not. 
Okay, so if I said, um, you know, dig up the septic tank and clean it or something, and he says, no, no, that's not the work I can do, I say, you really? Or, yeah. <laughs> right, right. You say something like, oh, that's really cute, but I didn't hear your safe word. So you have two options. You can go fucking do what I just told you to do, or you can call your safe word and we can talk. Okay, got it. Okay. How'd that Good. one feel, Rex? <laughs> yeah, we don't hear many safe words around here. Ah, okay. So that's, he's saying to me, that was his little sneaky way of saying, most of it's feigning and he's just playing and he's playing likely because he wants a little bit more of that power gap or that heavy handedness. Right. So tell me more about the, Training him to process his emotions and communicate better. How, how does that work? Yeah. So now that we have that established where, you know, it, he has the safe word. And if he really does not want to do something or can't do something or it crosses the line, he calls that safe word. Otherwise, it's feigning, it's playing, it's bratting, and you can just take it at that. So that should clarify something for you. That should clarify some things for you. but. I would, I would say start with awareness because I'm just, I'm going to tell you kind of my process, how I would approach this as a dominant. So I would start with awareness and I would pay very close attention to my submissive's body language and micro expressions when they genuinely are fussy about something. Not necessarily with me, like in life, like when they mm -hmm. are, when they're fussy about something, when they're worn out, when they're drained, I want to know the bad cues i want to know the i'm burnt out cues the i'm oh, uh, the i'm overwhelmed i'm anxious cues i'm huffy puffy fussy just <laughs> like what i need to know those cues and so i'm going to watch i'm going to observe i'm going to be very aware of what that looks like and i'm going to take inventory of that and once i have a reference point then that's when I can really start training. So let's say that, because at this point, you have more awareness of Rex's emotional state than he does. And if mm. you're training him to be aware of his emotional state, you need to start with more emotional awareness than he has. So let's say he has no idea that he's feeling fussy about something, he doesn't even know. What he's, it's just, it's still subconscious right now, but you are reading on him. His attitude is off. He maybe is a little short, shorter with you or short tempered or just maybe a little dejected, a little down. You're, you're just reading something bad is going on, right? How we start training that emotional awareness is you bring it to his attention. Hey, I'm reading something on you right now. Can you tell me what you're feeling? Mm -hmm. and get him to stop and get him to start identifying some things. And if he starts going, I don't know how I feel. I just, oh, I just, I don't want to deal with it. Or I don't want to talk about it. We, we, we hold that space and we go, no, you agreed that you wanted this, this training. You agreed that you wanted to grow in this area and you asked for my help in this. So no, we're not going to just plow through this. We're going to stop. What are you thinking? If he doesn't know how he's feeling, what are you thinking? Get him to, 
get him to articulate something. We're really just wanting him to stop and, and see if we can associate a feeling and a thought. That's really the first step. Because mm-hmm. that's how boundaries start. He has to be aware of a bad feeling has hit his body, hit, has hit his mm-hmm. radar. And he needs to advocate for that. But if we don't have that awareness of the emotion in the first place, that's going to be really difficult to do. So, mm-hmm. so I would just say, get him to be aware. What are you thinking? How are you feeling? Get some sort of answer, even if it's just, uh, I don't know, I just feel a little anxious. Okay, that's great. Then we're gonna, that, that's just how we build that skill of awareness. Then we're going to bridge that into advocacy. So then I would start going, okay, you know that, that work that we just did where I got you to stop and, and feel what you were feeling in your body and, and, and put it with a thought? Okay. When you feel overworked or too tired, you feel like you genuinely cannot do something. You feel like a line has genuinely been crossed. I need you to communicate when that happens. Just mm-hmm. like just like I helped you do just now. And that's when you have to start being very aware. Like training requires so much awareness because at that point you're going to have to watch. And let's say you see that he's feeling fussy but he's just plowing through and he's not stopping. But you're seeing it, he's not seeing it. He knows what to do. He knows how to stop and kind of process a little bit. You've kind of taught him that. But you're seeing he's not doing it. And, and you gave him a task and he had a, a bad reaction, but he's doing it anyway. And you feel like you should have communicated. Then that would be an area to address and go, hey, are you feeling something right now? Because I did not get the sweet, submissive response from you that I deserved. So this is your opportunity to figure out what is going on and to adjust your attitude. If he doesn't do that, he's like, no, I don't want to deal with it. And he keeps going. That's when we punish. Because he's not advocating for himself. So it's, it's a long process. The, the process that I just laid out for you is not going to happen in a day or two. Like the initial helping him become more aware of the emotions that hit his body, the thoughts that are associated, that might take a few months. Mm-hmm. But that is the path. And I think that this would be very beneficial for both of you because I think Lady Jane, it would free you up and free your expression up where you know, and unless he calls that safe word, I can, I can go as far as I want to go. But see, the thing is, you have to trust that he will call his safe word. Mm-hmm. So you've made me realize that the, the irritation that he feels doesn't come from being pushed too hard to do too much work or being caned too much or anything like that. It's neglect. It's like, You've been working with your client all day. You haven't, you know, like paid enough attention to me during my maid work. Yeah. So <clears throat> what, what do you do with that? 
Well, it depends on how he is expressing himself. Um, and I have a, I think a video on this where I was talking about the difference between um, venting and attacking. And really the same principle applies here. If he is still being respectful of you and he is still beneath you in terms of that power gap, then it's how compassionate do you want to be and what are the needs of that situation at the moment? Like if he has been in alpha man mode all day, working with clients in a very, you know, logical, clinical kind of setting, then the fussiness that you could be reading at the end of the day could be, I'm just fucking frustrated and I want to like fall and be soft and get out of my head and let go. It could be, it could be that. And then it's how did he communicate that need to you? Was it respectful or not? And how in this situation, how do you want to meet that need or not within the dynamic? That's a very different scenario than if he is huffy and puffy and fussy because he feels like you haven't been beating his ass enough, but you've also been sick for the last week. And then he's coming up and be like, you know, I haven't, haven't beat me in a while and I'm really feeling like neglected. And blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, that's not respectful or submissive at all. Nor is it honoring of the dominance, you know, current physical state. So it really depends on why he's being fussy and how he is articulating that fussiness to you. Does that make sense? Kind of. It brings up another question, which is when he's in role mm -hmm. in his female state, it seems like we shouldn't break that role. Uh, like the role should be maintained and these things need to be discussed after afterwards. So what, what do you do about that? Well, <laughs> I, I don't really subscribe to that logic fully because you're still you and he's still him. Mm -hmm. And what drives him to want to be in that role is still existent within that role. So mm -hmm. to me, I, I wouldn't have a problem. Like, let, let's do it like this. Give me, give me an example of something that's come up where you were questioning whether or not to come out of the role or not. Can you give me an example? And then we can kind of role play it out. Mm. Can you think of an example? Mm. Um. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. The thing that I'm thinking about is the things you talked about, feelings and boundaries and understanding my emotions. <clears throat> I think that's going to be really helpful because we have had some like longer games we tried in the past. This was before ever trying maids where I would feel maybe abandoned, neglected, and I couldn't, I couldn't compose a boundary discussion out of that mm. i just got upset and the you know the two or three day game would sort of crash and burn oh okay yeah. okay so, I'm, so the thing about the mage shifts they're short enough 
that they're frequent but short, so they're satisfying a lot of uh, kink needs and fun, and they're not so long. They don't get unmanageable. Right, right. So we haven't really had a problem during <clears throat> during a shift, I'll call it. Okay. Um, I think most of what you've suggested is very applicable. Great. Okay. Well, that's wonderful. And I would just say, it sounds like you two are doing so many things right. So really keep up the good work there. It really, it sounds like you guys are doing so, so much good in your dynamic and, and between the two of you. But to circle back to your concern real quick, Lady Jane, if something comes up when he is in that role, you can still address that in that role. You know, let's okay, tell me. So, for instance, let's take kind of what he said. Um, he's feeling he's feeling neglected or abandoned, and he is just getting maybe a little emotional, but he's not communicating. Mm-hmm. And maybe those emotions are coming out passive aggressively and how he's cleaning. Maybe he's, you know, slamming cabinets and things like that. <laughs> yeah. Has this happened before? Not yet, but I could see that would be. You could see it happening? Okay. <laughs> so let's say, yeah, it, it just, those emotions are coming out in little passive aggressive ways because he hasn't acknowledged them and or communicated them. Then you can very much address that as, like, not as a husband to wife or wife to husband, but as a dominant to your maid. Like, walk out. Like, what the fuck are you doing in here? <laughs> I hired, yeah. I hired you to clean my house and do it quietly. Are you incapable of doing that? And then right. you can correct it, but then you can also kind of get playful with it, with adding in some elements of humiliation or degradation, because that seems to be up your alley. So. Like, that's part of what's so great about this kind of play is you can still address the fussiness mm -hmm. within that role. And then once you come out of that role, be like, all right, now we go and talk. Now we're going to figure out, really get to the root of that. Because you nipped it in the butt. Basically, think of, think of it like this. You want to address the Band-Aid. You don't need to dig into the cause of the disease during, mm. during that scene. You can address the Band-Aid. So the, the superficial little wound you can address. You know, if he's fussy and slamming cabinets, you can address the what in the role. Mm -hmm. Addressing the why of that behavior will often require you coming out of that role just because of the nature of the conversation but you can still address the what in the role. Does that make sense? Yes. Awesome. Okay. Buckle up, Rex. You're, you're okay. lady here. She's getting some yeah. good tips. <laughs> well, you gave me some homework too. Thanks. Oh, good. Good. I love that. I love that. So um, that would really be it. The, the only other thing, the last thing I would kind of advise to maybe tack on to your homework if you're interested, Rex, this could really just 
accelerate your growth. And you've likely heard me talk about the personal development school. But if you know that you have these, um, if you know that you've been triggered with rejection or abandonment when it comes to your dynamic in the past, then maybe start digging into those wounds specifically. And I know that Thais has content on abandonment and how it affects attachment, things like that. So that would be a path that I think would be, uh, if you're interested, and that sounds like something that would benefit you as a submissive and in your dynamic, then I think that would be uh, a great option for you as well to dig into. That sounds good. Yeah, I learned about that school from you. Oh, good. um, Is there, you know, her quiz is sort of so simple, like the five-minute quiz. Is there something like more robust than that? to really be sure about your attachment style? Yes, absolutely. Um, there, I'm going to, you know what, I have to, I have to attach that website, um, the positions website. Okay. I will also attach another test, another link, um, or a link to another website to take that uh, attachment theory. Um, but I will just say this. If... When you, let me just, let me kind of ask you this. Do you find yourself, Rex, when you're feeling like you have a need um, in your dynamic or in your relationship, do you find yourself really wanting to like reach out and ask for that need? Or do you find yourself kind of wanting to like pull away and you kind of expect her to read your mind? Probably, I don't, what do you think? I think you ask. I think I've grown over time. I think I used to expect more mind reading. I think I've gotten a little better. But he'll write long essays of what he wants. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay. 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 So it sounds like just right off the bat, just with, with the little tiny pieces of information, it doesn't sound like you're very avoidant. It doesn't sound like you lean very avoidant, or maybe if you did, you've kind of done the work. So if you're going to go to any of her content, I would, I would lean toward, and don't just take this as law because I am going to give you that link to the, to the other test, but mm-hmm. I would just mm-hmm. start leaning more toward the anxious, preoccupied category more more than the dismissive or avoidant category. Um, Dismissives or avoidant types don't write long essays about their needs. Mm. Okay. (laughs) I didn't know that. Okay. That's just not their jam. So, Mm -hmm. so just right off the bat, I'm kind of just leaning. Mm. I'm not trying to diagnose. You were just thinking that too. Yes, John. Yes. So that's kind of just where my intuition is leaning. But again, don't take my word for it. I will send you um, that link so you can take another test and kind of see for yourself where you where you feel you settle on that attachment, uh, you know, kind of scale or spectrum. And I will also say this. This is something that I had experienced, but I didn't actually cognitively realize until my therapist pointed it out to me. But our attachment styles can and often do change depending mm. upon the relationship. Oh, mm. interesting. So it really, because attachment theory is all about a sense of safety and about whether or not we really experience that sense of safety growing up. And so it's that wounding or not 
that leads to this attachment style later in life. And so that's that's another key point that just because you might really feel more anxious, you know, in this relationship because it is so vulnerable and raw and open for you, that doesn't mean you're an anxiously attached person. It could mean that you know, you lean more avoidant or dismissive, you know, with your coworkers or colleagues because you just don't give a shit. Like it really <laughs> depends on on the relationship. So anytime we talk about attachments, attachment theory, attachment styles, it's never a diagnosis and it's never just a blanket statement. It very much is organic. It can change from relationship to relationship. So just thought that that would be a good tidbit to throw out because I don't think I've said it that way in the past. But Rex and the lovely Lady Jane, do you have any other thoughts or questions for me? What did you call it? Anxious preoccupied or something like that? Yes, yes. There is anxious preoccupied, dismissive avoidant, fearful avoidant or chaotic attachment, and then securely attached. Okay. What does the preoccupied part mean? Literally a mental and emotional preoccupation with the person, with the relationship. So let's say, um, let's say an anxious preoccupied, you're spiraling. Yeah. Okay. I, 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 I will talk to you, Lime. So let's say um, an anxious preoccupied is texting someone and that person doesn't text back in two days the mm -hmm. anxious preoccupied would start obsessing and going oh my god what did i say mm. wrong what did i do wrong did i push them away did i drive them away oh my gosh do i need to reach out should i reach out now should i reach out in two like how much time should i get like that is the anxious preoccupied the dismissive avoidant if they're texting someone and someone doesn't text them back for two days they're like oh cool i'll <laughs> it's, it's like no big deal right it's like oh you, you it doesn't even hit their radar almost um a, oh. a fearful avoidant if someone doesn't text them back for two days would likely go in a ping pong spiral between oh my gosh what did i do did i do something wrong oh my gosh how do i fix this and you know what no i didn't do anything wrong fuck you and you know what if you don't want to talk to me i don't want to talk to you even better and then they stew and they're like, but no, I really do actually miss them. Fuck, what did I do? What did I do wrong? How do I fix this? And then they go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Yes, and you delete all your messages. Yeah. So that's why they call that one chaotic attachment is chaotic attachment is both anxious and avoidant. Okay. Hmm. Oh. Yeah. Versus a secure person when someone doesn't text them back for two days they just go on with their life and maybe if this person is worth it, they'll check back in in a week or two. Hey, everything cool? Mm -hmm. So that is just one, I tried to, I tried to just highlight the biggest differences in that one example. Does that make sense? Yes, thank you. Yeah, of course, of course. So yeah, um, any other questions or thoughts? Did I help you guys out at all, Rex and Lady Jane? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Okay, awesome. By the way, you two have been an absolute delight to talk to. It's been wonderful to meet you, Lady Jane, and you officially for the first time, Rex, person or voice to voice. 
So thank you both for sharing and for being here. We love you both so much. And uh, thank you for sharing and your vulnerability. Yeah, super great conversation, super constructive. And I'm glad that you feel I helped you out a little bit. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much. Yes, absolutely. So keep us posted. If you guys want more time next group coaching, then I got you. But uh, yeah, feel free to share any updates that you want with us. But we love you. Thank you again. And if that is all on your end, then you can go ahead and mute that mic whenever you're ready. I know you guys. That was such a good chat. Such a good chat. Such a great couple. Love this whole conversation. I know this is going to be a long podcast episode. You know, we're going we're gonna to break this down into two podcast episodes because it was so juicy. So juicy. Lady Jane, you want to be just my co-host permanently? Because damn, girl, we can talk. That was good. That was so juicy. I'm not, this was great. I just got a class. I'll, well, we post these later on, uh, on Patreon. For those of you who are new here, don't know. We go to Patreon and search group coaching in the search box. Then all of these episodes, full, start to finish, are on Patreon. I think we're two months behind. Reminder about secret sharing. <gasps> Thank you, Laura Bell. I was. I was totally going to miss it. So to wrap this up, thank you so much for tuning into the Conscious Kink podcast. Again, the, these have been just an amazing, amazing questions, amazing conversations from my LX Army. And we would love to have you. So wherever you are listening from, if you would like to join our amazing community, come on over to patreon.com slash LXerotica and get connected. And we will see you next time on the Conscious King Podcast.